Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. This special episode is in partnership with Clearwater International. In this episode, we're examining how private equity-backed industrials and chemicals deals broke all previous records in 2021. We'll be finding out why PE investors are increasingly turning their attention to these two hot sectors this year and explore the findings of a multiples heat map produced by Clearwater International and Unquote. I'm joined by Marcus Archer, Head of Private Equity at Clearwater, Michael Loudon, Partner and Head of Industrials and Chemicals at Clearwater, and by Marcus Otto, Managing Partner at Clearwater. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. So, Marcus Archer, starting with you, can you tell us a bit more about the research you've conducted with Unquote? Yeah, absolutely. So we at Clearwater International have been working with Unquote for a few years now, um, and we produce the multiples heat map, which identifies major themes driving enterprise value to EBITDA multiples across European private equity deals in Europe. We do it on a quarterly basis, and we identify trends. And the objective really was to help private equity investors understand those trends across regions and sectors uh, with the intention of helping them make better investment decisions at Investment Committee. And staying with you, it looks like deal volume across Europe slowed a little in the fourth quarter of 2021, but we saw value continue to tick up to a staggering 12.8 times. Can you tell us more about some of those key themes you saw in 2021? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we saw phenomenal volumes of deals in 2021 as a year. It was 24% up on the previous peak in 2019. I think all of us as dealmakers felt that pressure throughout the course of the year. Um, Slight slowdown in Q4, but not a massive slowdown. Um, We also saw private equity domination in a a way that we've not seen before. Uh, There's a huge amount of dry powder of over 1.1 trillion um, euros, but 23% of all deals across Europe were done by private equity, which is significantly above a level we've ever seen before. The sectors driving that were very much around TMT and around healthcare, pharma and life sciences. Both of those markets have been hot for the whole year for many, many investors looking for exposure to the sector. Um, multiples in tech went above 15 times in, in Q4, which is the first time we've seen a sector peak above 15 times in the, the whole period of time of doing the research. UK and Ireland remained a strong region for the whole of 2021. We saw a 58% increase in value and a 49% increase in volumes of deals in UK and Ireland. So you know, we felt it in the UK and I'm sure Marcus Otto and his team felt it in Germany and across, across the rest of Clearwater too. The big three themes that we saw coming out of private equity through through 2021, which started at the back end of 2020, were firstly domain expertise and focused. And we really saw private equity funds becoming experts in their subject matter and becoming very compelling in deals they wanted to invest in. Uh, that led to conviction investing. And there are a handful of funds across Europe that just were willing to pay a little bit more than the next person or a lot more than the next person to secure an asset in a space they'd identified. And the final theme, which got momentum uh, through the back, back half of 2021, probably largely driven by um, LPs, was a focus on ESG. And one of the things we're doing at Clearwater International across Europe is looking at ESG trends, ESG themes, and how can businesses become more impactful um, in their business plans with our support as they seek private equity investment. Great, thank you. And Marcus Otto, turning to you, based on the heat map and kind of elaborating a, a bit on what we've just heard from Marcus Archer, 
What are the general trends you're seeing across all sectors for this quarter? Thank you. Q4 overall strong quarter compared to to previous years with very strong appetite from strategic as well as financial sponsors across the globe. Healthcare TMT still very attractive sectors with catch up of industrials with uh, transfer to industrial tech. So investors, and that is uh, for everybody uh, remnant, are looking for crisis-resistant businesses with proven resilience. Uh, we have investors looking for long-term orientated business models with growth opportunities. So what we do see is investors having a lot of liquidity so we have cash, we have equity, we have debt, we have the technology convergence, and we have competition across all sectors, in particular in industrials, from the club. So, Michael, coming to you, what are the major sector-specific trends driving industrials' deal flow? And which specific subsectors are getting special attention with especially high multiples? Yeah, no, that, that's fine. So, so ultimately, I'm kind of reiterating what Marcus Otto was saying before around resilience and you know, the ability to prove out resilience through COVID has really served a lot of subsectors really well. You combine that resilience with very clear structural long-term drivers of growth, you've got a combination that's very attractive to financial investors and to, and to trade. So where, where have we seen that coming through over the course of the last 12 months, particularly in the, the last quarter, I would say, Anything that has exposure to a critical service um, is, is clearly you know, demonstrating that need for that service. And actually, that's proven itself particularly resilient combined with the longer term need of infrastructure spend within, within the European market. I'd say another area is where you have uh, that kind of structural shift towards greater exposure to e-commerce. So a lot of our service companies within the industrial but industrial sector have have benefited from that acceleration. I guess the challenge for those businesses is to prove out sustainability going forward. And Marcus Otto, coming back to you, to what extent are geopolitical and, and macroeconomic headwinds affecting the sector? Obviously, we're seeing some huge events unfolding in Ukraine with the Russian invasion. Yeah, 2021 affected by supply chain and interest rates matters, but these are uh, from our perspective, from an advisor perspective, say we are already factored in. So at the moment, we have to see in particular energy costs, uh, which would be a result also from the crisis. Uh, for example, Germany is uh, highly dependent on Russia. Yeah. So we have to see what uh, this would be uh, the effect for business plans and so on. And for sure, as a headwind, I think we have to see what would be maybe increased risk premiums and long-term effects uh, out of these. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there there is a lot. There are a lot of things changing. We obviously don't know the outcome of this situation. Possibly won't for a long time. But it feels like there are a lot of moving factors geopolitically and macroeconomically with the potential. Or we've seen some interest rate rises already. Yeah, it could be could be a turning point, or maybe it's a turning point uh, in in uh, such a decade as we have it uh, now, as of last week. Yeah, I mean, I think I think from my point of view, I think the challenges that we're we're seeing clearly from 
a very tragic um, situation in Ukraine. The challenges coming out economically are an exacerbation of an existing trend that we've been seeing in industrials. So higher, higher raw material costs, higher energy costs, supply chain challenges, they are only going to get more difficult over the course of the coming months. And I think what we've seen over the course, over the course of the last six months is, is, is those businesses that have strong market positions have a, a proven kind of resilience through, through, through the cycle. They've been able to pass on costs. They've been able to survive. And the challenges with some of the businesses that aren't quite in a stronger position, they're not in the defensible market position. For those, it's going to be really tough. And I think ultimately there'll be M&A. There'll be deal flow around those, those areas where, where those are struggling and those are winning. So, Michael, staying with you, looking at the sectors that have enjoyed consistent quarter-on-quarter growth in average multiples over the last five years, what's contributing to this steadfastness? I mean, I think ultimately it's, it's kind of reiteration of, of the themes we've talked about. There's, you know, I think industrials will always be a sector where there's M&A activity. I think there's such a broad range of subsectors within industrials, but ultimately there is a you know a central part of the economy always re- revolves around the industrial space and i think um when you're going forward w- within the different subsectors that there will probably be a range of multiples that you know you, you won't see the the high end tmt multiples we've experienced elsewhere but there's a steadiness there's a resilience to those uh, core traditional industrial businesses um that 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 ultimately really is quite attractive in the context of very competitive, highly liquid private equity market. The opportunity to go and invest in in a high quality business at sensible multiple, you know, at the moment you can do that industrials. Uh, and I think it, I think it is probably a bit of a slight rebalancing of interest from the private equity community towards investing in those those very stable but long term growth businesses. And coming back to you, Marcus Otto, what are you seeing as the main buy size strategies or motivations in the sector? Yeah, it's uh, technology. It's uh, technological convergence from traditional industrial business models to industry uh, 4.0. We do see market diversification. Uh, We do see localization to uh, get resources in supply chain, maybe uh, from Asia or other countries uh, back uh, to where companies are located. So keyword is localization. It's vertical integration to secure supply change. And overall, that is mentioned by uh, Marcus Archer, it's digitization as well as ESG components. Yeah, and certainly ESG has been one of the biggest themes we've seen emerge in the last uh, 18 months, two years, that just about every company wants to talk about or factor into their M&A processes. Coming towards the end of the recording, we've already mentioned the consistency of multiples growth of late. Do you think you can see multiples continue to climb higher in this space or, or should we expect to see some moderation? And whoever wants to answer that question. I think we're at a critical point kind of geopolitically across Europe. And, uh, you know, for, for, from our point of view, you know, we're, we're, you know, no one knows what's going to happen over the course of the coming months around that. Clearly, there are some, some big challenges coming. But ultimately, the driver of deal flow within the industrial space will fundamentally change overnight. And I think you look at the different drivers across different parts of the market, at the lower end, there's always a need for a deal. There's a necessity element to, to M&A. 
that's typically the need for more capital to grow or the need for a succession plan. That, that, that's not going to change overnight. I think the, the upper end of the mid-market large cap deal, I think that's where we, we've got question marks as to what's going to happen next. I think the, the risk appetite for strategics to make M&A, big, big deal M&A is probably going probably to soften. And I think that's probably inevitability. But I think over the longer term, we're still positive around momentum with the industrial space. And I think we can see a lot of deal flow for foreseeable future. And Marcus Archer, you look like you were nodding there. Did you have something to add to that? Yeah, no, I, was, I was nodding along to Michael's observations on industrials. Um, you know, I guess my perspective was a bit broader across sectors across Europe. And you know, those businesses which were in, you know, embracing digitization and technology and being disruptive, um, and those businesses that are really focused on you know, properly, truly focused in their DNA on making more of a positive impact. Um, I think the valuations around those businesses and the attractiveness of those businesses across all sectors will continue and people will pay high prices for those. But overall, it's hard to see, given the points we've just mentioned about what's going on more geopolitically, that the march of multiples upwards is going to continue at the same trend through and the same pace through 2022. It's almost got to you know, plateau, if not, if not come down a little bit across all sectors through the course of the next 12 months. Yeah, particularly with industrials and their exposure to energy prices, which are, are going up. And so finally, just rounding up, can I ask each of you for a prediction of what will be one of the main trends you expect to impact activity in the coming year in the sector? My, my view is I think, you know, top of the agenda for some time has been decarbonisation and the energy transition. I think that that is being accelerated or put even more to the front of mind for a lot of businesses at the moment on the back of the, the geo, geopolitical instability in, uh, in Ukraine. I, th- I think decarbonization is a theme around investment will become more prominent. Uh, and that, that spans across a range of different parts of uh, the industrial world from home heating and the gas boilers leaving the home um, to more um, kind of more material costs for, for businesses. So I, th- I think that the way that people manage their energy costs is something that's going to evolve a lot over the coming 12 months. I think nothing to add. Uh, and what we can even see is that for refinancing purposes, all what uh, uh, Michael Luden said is also a kind of request in a decision-making process. And Marcus Archer coming to you. Yeah, for me, my perspective, again, is across all sectors rather than just, just industrials. But I think, I think that ESG theme um, you know, in various different forms will be the prevailing force through the course of 2022 and deal-making in 2022. And those businesses that aren't embracing that or making changes around that will become very hard for private equity funds to invest in. Great. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was Marcus Archer, Head of Private Equity, Michael Loudon, Partner and Head of Industrials and Chemicals, and Marcus Otto, Managing Partner, all at Clearwater International. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. This special episode is in partnership with Clearwater International. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. <laughs>